Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. And we're studying the covenants of promise. This is one of my favorite subjects, maybe you can tell. And um, we're taking our text from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. And as you turn or find your Bible and uh, or look at your phone, however you're reading the Scripture, and I encourage you to read the Scripture. I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast as well. And, uh, and then make sure you get the notes. And the notes come, and there's a devotional that comes free of charge every morning through an email, and you have to subscribe to it, and it's free. It won't cost you anything, but you go to MyFaithRoots.com and you can get that. Ephesians 2.12, 26 translations. You had no connection to Christ. You had no connection with the Messiah. You were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and outside of God's covenants and the promise that goes with them. Basically, the Apostle Paul is telling you here, look, God is going to save the world His way. You don't meet God on your terms. You don't dictate to Him how you come to Him. He tells you how He is going to do what He does. And by the way, His way is way better than your way, my way, and it's much more generous. That's why it's so important that we learn how God moves. He moves through covenant. Now, the covenant that God made with Abraham served as a picture or a symbol. Uh, the Apostle Paul didn't know how to say picture like we would think of a photograph or a picture. So in his writings in the New Testament, he calls it a shadow of things to come. Well, the Abrahamic covenant was a shadow. Uh, all of what was written in the Old Testament was a shadow, but particularly the Abrahamic covenant. It is the picture of our New Testament relationship in Christ. Now let me read Romans 4.13. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be the heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. Now had God through Moses said to him, that the Messiah is coming and you're going to receive the Messiah through the keeping of the law, then we would all have to keep the law in order to receive Christ. But we don't. We are able to walk with God in faith the way that Abraham did. Romans 4.16, again, Therefore the promise comes by faith so that it might be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. And I think what's interesting is God told Abraham, your seed will be like the sand of the seashore and like the stars of heaven. And I think that's a picture of the church and also the children of Israel, that, that Abraham had family in both groups. Now, God was meticulous in the way that he used these Old Testament symbols. He was not haphazard. He wanted every detail to be right because if the detail is wrong, it confuses people about the reality when things are fulfilled. And I'll explain that more in a minute. Abraham's covenant had to be a perfect picture of the New Testament. Now keep that in mind. It had to be a perfect picture of the New Testament. Now here's the problem. We got Abraham and Sarah who want to have a son. They cannot have a son because Sarah is barren. They're having a very difficult time with this. 
Everything else that God had promised Abraham about the covenant was being fulfilled. God protected him. God delivered him. God gave him favor. Even though he did not own and occupy all the land at one time, he was able to live anywhere he wanted to go in the land of Canaan. And God was promising to give him all of that when his seed would come back in 400 years. But he was still very frustrated that he couldn't have a son. So in Genesis chapter 16, Abraham or Abram and Sarai did something that a lot of people have thought of as sin, as outright uh, adultery. I want to read carefully here, and we're going to look at the, the scholarship on this. Uh, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. Now, the code of Hammurabi was in force at the time of Abram and Sarai. And it was during this season that Hammurabi had told people, and he had as king in his code, told people that if you had a wife who could not bear your children, you could go to a surrogate wife and she could have the baby for you. Now, they didn't have artificial insemination like we have today, but this is what they did in those days. It's also backed up in old Assyrian marriage contracts and uh, some tablets that were found in what would today be the country of Iraq, the Nuzi tablets. They have records of how it was part of their law, of their culture, that if a woman could not have a child, if she was barren, her husband could impregnate another woman who would be the surrogate mother. This was not considered adultery. Now, now, now think about this, okay? If a Hebrew man died, in Hebrew law, if he had no heir, his brother would go into his widow and impregnate her and she would have a son which would be considered her son and the son of the deceased father or the, the relative, the, or her first husband rather, the deceased husband. And so God permitted this kind of stuff in those days because they didn't have ways to keep their families alive if there was a problem in childbearing. And so this is in the book of Genesis chapter 38. It's the story of Judah. And uh, he did not give his third son uh, to a woman whose first two husbands died. And uh, all she wanted was seed raised up so that uh, she could carry on the line of Judah. And by the way, this was a direct attack of Satan because this woman was in line for the Messiah. She was, uh, her, her sons who were born through Judah, the father, uh, were, were the ones to bring the... Uh, uh, the Messiah into the planet. Now, Hagar was not sex trafficked. I've heard people say that. She was not sex trafficked. Hagar was a willing participant in this because she was filled with pride. She boasted towards Sarah when all of this happened, when she became pregnant. If, if she was made to do this against her will and had no uh, decision in it at all, 
uh, then I doubt she would have been thrilled to be the mother of Abraham's son. And uh, but we see that she was. So uh, it's important then to to understand the day and the time and the culture. It's, uh, this is called presentism, where we judge people in the past by today's standards, and it's one of the most foolish things that's ever happened. The problem with what Abram and Sarah did, though, and they, they, they failed in this regard, they messed up the picture. Now, God didn't kill Ishmael or wipe him out because they messed up the picture because God loves people. God said, I'll bless Ishmael anyway. But they, ble- they messed up the picture, and here is why. There was absolutely nothing miraculous about the birth of Ishmael. Abram was still able to generate seed, and Hagar was very capable of having a baby. No miracle then in the birth of Ishmael. In order for the covenant to be fulfilled, God wanted there to be a supernatural birth for the Abrahamic covenant. Why is that? Because God is going to, in the New Testament, build everything that He does in the new covenant body of Christ, he's going to build it on the basis of supernatural birth. Listen to what Jesus said about it in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 3. He answered and said to him, Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, listen, My kingdom is brought about because someone is miraculously reborn. Look at what the Apostle Paul said about it in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This, my friends, is a miracle. And so in order for the Old Testament actions to be a valid picture of the New Testament reality, Abram and Sarai had to be the birth parents of the child, and it had to be miraculous on both parts. That's why God waited for Abraham to reach the age of 100 and Sarai to reach the age of 90. It was physically impossible for either one of them to bear a child. And now the birth of Isaac is a complete and total miracle. So the covenant that God made with Abraham has in it a supernatural miracle birth, which becomes a pattern not only for the New Testament, it's a pattern for God's covenant people. Israel is looking at this. When God is leading them out of the land of Egypt, they're saying to themselves, David is doing this. Uh, When he's looking at Goliath, and they're all seeing God began us with a miracle. He sustained us with a miracle, and he will finish us with a miracle. And that's why God wanted this to be miraculous from top to bottom. And the beauty of God's dealing with people is even when they messed it up, God doesn't throw Ishmael away. Now, Ishmael had to leave because of the problems he created for Isaac, and that's another story. But even then, God was with him. 
Wherever he went in the wilderness, God was with him and the blessing of Abraham was on him. And what we see is when Abraham died many years later, guess who came to his funeral and was a part in putting him in the ground in the cave of Machpelah? That would have been Ishmael. That tells me that he had great respect for his father and he understood that God had carved out a place for him. Now I'm telling you, God could have healed Sarah at any time. He could have given her a baby at any time, but he didn't want to do it when she was still at an age where it was conceivable that she could have a baby. Now their lifespans were a lot longer in those days, and so uh, that's why it, it uh, seems absolutely miraculous that, that, that they waited till 90, and, and then it could have been 70, even 60, she would have been through menopause, but not with those long lifespans. She would have been fertile maybe a little bit longer. But the point that I want to make is that God wanted there to be an amazing picture of the new covenant. And that's the reason that this was a mistake on the part of Abram and Sarai because they jumped the gun and they didn't give us the picture of what God really wanted to do. Don't you love the Word of God? There's always a reason for every detail in the story. God has amazing ways of communicating. And it's when you study these things that you see how He deals with us in the now. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, all these things happened to the children of Israel as examples for us. If they're examples for us, then they can be understood and we can learn from them. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to hit the like button. Tell somebody else about the podcast. It's absolutely free. And be sure you sign up for the email at myfaithroots.com. See you next time.